There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Prog Watch. Tonight, you join us in the far meadow where the atmosphere is very peaceful and tranquil. Various fish are swimming lazily. And in the distance, formal horses are quietly grazing. (laughs) Suddenly, the peace is shattered by the arrival of a stampeding herd of Gabriels. And what seems to be a rather oversized tiger moth. Hello, you fellows! It's Pete Jones from Tiger Moth Tales here. You're listening to Prog Watch with Anthony Rosick. Chalks away! <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Okay, and that opener was from the Rocket Scientists, the band that features the core of Eric Norlander on keyboards, along with Don Schiff on basses, sticks, etc., Mark McCride on guitars and vocals. The song came from the 2007 Rocket Scientists box set entitled Looking Backward and is from the disc that included newly recorded material. But if you haven't guessed, you are listening to Prog Watch. This is your old pal, Big Tony, the Prog Squatch. And I have another great show lined up for you this week, especially if you're a fan of Eric Norlander like I am. I recently spoke with Eric on the eve of the release of his new album, Surreal. And I'm going to let you hear a lot of that conversation on this show. Hello. Hey, Tony. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. It's actually pretty hot out here. It's pretty hot here, too. It's like 100 degrees here. Okay, that's hotter than here. Yeah. We get that humidity, though. You know, it's been humid and just like 90-ish, and, and my studio is upstairs, so, so I'm sweating for my art, man. You know, you should be able to relate to that, right? That's right. I can't run the air conditioner because you, you hear it in the background, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm a little grungy myself. i got to shave and all that. I've just been, like... Working on the release, you know, tomorrow's the big day, so... Right. Uh, just been putting in a lot of hours in front of the computer. Yeah, doing a lot of interviews, huh? Yep. Okay, well, I guess uh, we might as well roll one along here then, huh? I mean, That's yeah, last time we spoke, you were talking about, you had the, the new album coming out, that was back in March when we spoke last, and you said yep. you'd come back when the album was done, and it's done, so, yeah. That's right, here I am. Here you are, man of your word. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what do you want to tell us about it? I mean, uh, you had a few, you, you had your your rocket scientist cohorts on there on a few tracks, but you had a lot of other musicians that uh, I, I don't know that I was familiar with. But boy, it sounds great. You know, I've I've listened to it a handful of times here, and uh, awesome. yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's it's definitely, you know. A continuation of kind of you know where you left off, I think. Thank you. I that's I kind of think that too. It's like, you know, we did the Galactic Collective uh, starting in two thousand nine, um, and that's when I started working with my rhythm section: uh, Mark Matthews on bass and Nick Lapar on drums, who are of course on this uh, surreal album. Surreal album. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, we did a bunch of touring and uh, we played a couple festivals and we did the live DVD uh, the live in Gettysburg DVD that we recorded at Rosfest and I guess that was 2011 um, and we started going to Mexico every year and I think we did gosh four or five years in a row now and uh, we're going to be going back again later this year uh, so that's pretty cool. That's kind of turned into an annual thing. Um, in 2014, we also did a little club tour where we kind of went across the Midwest and um, you know a couple Northeast shows and then down to uh, North Carolina and Atlanta, Georgia and that area. So um, I'm working on getting something like that going for, for later on this year. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah. So uh, as far as the rest of the album, so we've got we've got uh, Mark Matthews on bass, Nick Lapar on drums. Uh, you can of course see them in in any of the the videos from the Galactic Collective album, and then some of the live 
uh, videos that I released in 2014. Um, then uh, I have a, a new guitarist on this album, a fellow named Alistair Green, um, who's just an excellent blues rock player, just a you know super musical guitarist. And Alistair's day job is he is the guitarist in the Alan Parsons Project. Oh, cool. So he's been touring the world with Alan, and I think they just released a um, live DVD with an orchestra that they recorded in South America. So I, I haven't checked that out yet, but I'm going to. Uh, he does a great job. Yeah, I love the Alan Parsons Project. Haven't yeah. seen them in a while. I, I saw them well, probably in the late 90s, maybe. That's right around the time when he actually started touring. I mean, Alan, yeah, yeah. And that, they were always just a studio band, you know? Yep, yep. So I ended up, um, Alistair has his own um, project where he does kind of blues rock stuff, where he sings and plays guitar, kind of like a, a Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of thing. And he did an album last year called Trouble at Your Door, and I played Hammond organ on that just sort of as a fun thing to do. And so um, he returned the favor and, and played on my new Surreal album. So um, pretty happy to have him. Yeah, then, that, yeah, you had another guitarist also, didn't you? Right. Uh, there's two other guitarists. Uh, there's a fellow named Jeff Coleman uh, who plays on the title track on Surreal. And I played with Jeff uh, for several years in Asia featuring John Payne. Okay. So, um, if you see like the seasons will change video that we did uh, a few years ago, uh, Jeff is in that. And Jeff also toured with me in 2014. If you look at the, any of the live, uh, YouTube videos, uh, there's a several from Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, you can see Jeff, uh, playing on those. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, the third guitarist is Mark McCright from rocket scientists. Right. And he's playing acoustic on uh, Suitcase and Umbrella, the, the third track on the album. Okay. And then, of course, I have Don Schiff uh, playing cello and fretless NS stick, uh, which is not exactly a common instrument. But uh, What does that mean exactly? Can you... <laughs> I don't okay. know. Okay, so you've got... There's this thing called the Chapman stick. The Chapman stick, stick yeah. That Emmett Chapman invented in the, in the early 70s. And... Um, Don Schiff was one of the early adopters. He was one of the original stick players. Well, in 1998, um, Emmett collaborated with a guy named Ned Steinberger, who makes the Steinberger sure. guitars. Well, headless. Like the, you know, the headless yeah, guitars. Yeah, they had no heads on them, yeah. Right, exactly. And they were big with, uh, especially like in the 80s, they were really big. Right. If you, especially if you played keyboards and bass, like like Getty Lee or or uh, you know anybody else, it was kind of cool because you could have this like kind of small bass now behind your keyboards and not be banging the headstock into your keyboards all the time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I digress. But yeah. um, Emmett and, and Ned um, came up with a new version of the stick called the NS stick, and the NS stands for Ned Steinberger, and stick of course is. Emmett Chapman's, you know, trademark for, for the Chapman stick. And Don was the very first NS stick player. We were doing a Lana Lane uh, EP called Echoes from the Garden in 1998, and he brought in the first prototype. And um, 
we just thought it was an amazing instrument and he never gave the prototype back because <laughs> uh, he didn't like the color. It was kind of like, um, like a maple color body. And he said, yeah, I kind of don't like the color. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to get a different one. And so we heard the sound of it and we said, okay, look, you got to get used to the color because <laughs> that sounds great. And we don't, we don't want another one. We want that one. So he's kept it and he's used it all these years. Then, um, a couple of years ago, uh, they made a fretless version of the NS stick. And what they did is, uh, let's see, I believe it's eight strings. So the low four strings are fretless, like a fretless bass. And then the top four strings are fretted. So you can actually tap chords like a, a traditional Chapman stick. That sounds crazy, traditional Chapman stick. Yeah. But like, like a classic Chapman yeah. stick. And then you can play fretless bass on the on the fretless part. So that's what he's doing on the Galaxy Collectors, uh, the song that Don plays on. And in fact, we're going to be releasing a video of that in probably about three or four days, maybe Thursday. Cool. Uh, I've done a really really nice video of that song, so um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm actually uh, I just saw the latest edit of it about an hour ago, and uh, it looks really cool. So we'll be getting that up and out into the world. So you've been really busy. I have. Oh, and then the last guy, we should mention Greg Ellis, uh, the percussionist on the album. Now, he played and with Greg, you before, right? That's right. Greg's actually the drummer on my first uh, solo album, Threshold, from 1997, which I learned quite coincidentally was released 19 years ago to the day that Surreal will be released. Cool. So June twenty first, nineteen ninety seven, and June twenty first, two thousand sixteen. So uh, I, I didn't even realize that until I was going through some old stuff and like noticing release dates and all that. So that's kind of a neat uh, coincidence. Yeah. Well, yeah, Greg. He's on my Threshold album. He's on my Into the Sunset album. Uh, he's on Seas of Orion. Um, he's on the Rocket Scientists Oblivion Days album and the Looking Backward album, as well as the Supernatural Highways uh, EP that we put out in 2014. Okay. Um, Greg is actually in the video for um, the song Traveler on the Supernatural Highways, which I believe is something crazy like 26 minutes long. And we actually did a video for it. We did yeah. a full length video for the song. So you can see Greg in that. There's progressive. Uh, yeah, that's progressive there. <laughs> no, it's like, and we weren't trying to be artsy or anything. We were just like, that's how long the music was when yeah. we were done with it. Well, there you go. That's how long it takes. Right. I thought this would be a good place to play a track. So here's the opener from Eric's new album, Surreal. And this is called The Party's Overture.
Again, that was The Party's Overture, the opening track from the new album by Eric Norlander, which is entitled Surreal. Now we will continue with the interview where Eric and I were discussing the making of the new album. So, so yeah, there we go. I, I was listening to, you know, I listened to it a handful of times. I really liked, you know, it has like a, a band kind of sound. You know, it's just not all keyboards. There's, there's a lot of really cool guitar work on there also. You know, I, I, that's really important to me. And what I didn't want to make was just a keyboard album, you know, where it would be something that e- even if it was, you know, progressive rock, something that had, you know, programmed drum machine and synth bass and all that. I, I really wanted a, you know, a real band because when I go out and play live, it's a real band. And mm-hmm. it's, not only is it a real band, it's this real band. And like Mark and Nick, my, my rhythm section, I've been, you know, been playing with them for seven years now. And you really build up a rapport. And, of course, Mark McCride and Don Schiff, I've been playing with them for, gosh, 25 years, something like that. So I really like to build up, you know, that kind of relationship with with musicians. And um, even in the case of the guitar players, of Alistair Green and Jeff Coleman, um, we were able to tour together before we recorded this album. So... um, it was really neat to be able to flesh out the parts and everything on stage because so many times when you're recording in the studio, you come up with a part, you play it, and what, what goes on the album is something that you learned like 10 minutes before you recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're trying to be a little bit more old school with this album where we just really wanted to get out and you know play the music um, you know, with a bunch of guys in a room, go out, play it on stage and in front of a lot of people and then record it. I think it so, comes off. I mean, it comes off that way, I think. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, that's that's what I was going for. I, I really wanted to make something that was living, breathing with, you know, push and pull with, you know, guitar solos and not only guitar solos, but really good rhythm guitar stuff. Because uh, I think a lot of times rhythm guitar is a lost art especially in in rock bands like the rhythm guitar player is the second best guitar player and that's not the way it should be it's like rhythm guitar is a thing in and of itself and i've been uh, i've actually been playing in another project this this metal band called last in line um that i've been touring with i don't know if i talked to you about this last time no uh, this is the original dio band from the 80s okay. it's been Vinny Apice on drums and Vivian Campbell right. on guitar, and we did have Jimmy Bain on bass, but Jimmy actually passed away back in January. Um, anyway, we just done a whole bunch of shows. We did a big festival in Milan, Italy, and we played Rocklahoma, which is this big rock festival in Oklahoma, of course, mm-hmm. and a bunch of club dates. It's you know it's a hard rock metal band basically, and they as they do they call me to come and you know play keyboards with them. But uh, the reason I bring this up is Vivian Campbell, the guitar player in this band, he's like you know an, a, a famous guitar hero shredder type guy, sure. known for all that stuff, and he's amazing. He's a he's a great guitar player and a great guy. I really like him. But what's really impressive, more than any of that, is his rhythm playing and just the way, you know, he attacks his rhythm parts. 
just kind of creates a groove and a, and a feeling in the music that uh, is all his. And when I was doing Surreal, my album, Alistair Green and Jeff Coleman and Mark McCright, they brought that same level of sophistication where it's not just someone you know chugging along or just ringing out chords or just strumming an acoustic guitar. It's like the, the feel and the intent and just the overall personality that they put in their rhythm playing makes a huge difference. And it's what makes it's what draws you in when you're when you're listening. And you know, you can think about any of your favorite albums. And you know, the rhythm stuff is not as obvious as like the solo and the melodic stuff or the vocals, of course, but it's every bit as important. And I think that that, you know, that rhythm guitar thing is is huge and i have a i have a ton of respect for um, guys that do that well yeah i know what you're talking about i actually do i i i knew some guys in bands back in the day and i really admired the way you know they were the only guitar player in the band but how they could you know be the center of attention during a solo but they would like you know just lay back and turn the tone you know turn the volume down a little and just like comp in the background when it was time for singing or something else to take center stage and they were just really good at that and it really you know it just made everything sound that much better i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah and i think i think nowadays you know we're so used to playing with click tracks and playing along with loops and uh quantized sequenced tracks um, that everyone is getting more and more used to playing straight up and down and right right on the beat. Mm. And there, there's a place for that. But, you know, music should be played by humans. And humans don't play perfectly on the beat or sing perfectly in tune or bend their guitar perfectly in tune. <laughs> there's a lot or, of great rock and roll where the drummer's behind the beat and that's like integral to the song. I mean, that's what makes it sound heavy. You know, if you had to judge a drummer by how on the beat they were, you would say John Bonham is the worst drummer in the world. Yeah, but exactly. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. So um, on this album, uh, obviously, I tried to keep things tight, but I really wanted the music to breathe. And I wanted the drums, you know, to be real and to groove the way they do and the percussion to have a life of its own. And, you know, the rhythm guitar, like we said, and, uh, you know, the bass parts from, from Mark Matthews, the guy's got just amazing groove in addition to his melodic sense and all that. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's all about creating music and, and creating something that's, that's alive. So that was, that was the idea. Well, I think you achieved it. But I, honest to God, you know, I really had a sense that, you know, you were doing this as a band. It sounded like a band maybe you know a live performance a really well recorded live performance or whatever it just had that feel uh, not of a bunch of tracks that were recorded at different times but you know the whole like you said you played some of the stuff live and you worked it out live and i think it comes across yeah well we definitely did you know we definitely uh put a lot of time into it and and um we, we took it really seriously it wasn't like hey let's just get together in the studio and you know, or, or you get together at this studio and I'll get together at mm -hmm. this studio. We'll send each other tracks and somebody will mix it and we'll put it out. Yeah. I mean, we really treated it like, yeah, like you said, a band. And um, if I'm going to put my name on an album, and by, by the way, this is the first 
um, original music I've released in 12 years yeah, under my name. Yeah. Because the Galactic Collective, which came out in 2010, that was all re-recordings of, of existing you know songs of mine. So the, the last original, the album of new original music I put out was Seas of Orion in 2004. So uh, 12 years ago. So uh, obviously I've done a lot since then with, you know, Rocket Scientist, with, with Lana Lane, with, uh, you know, various other projects. Sure. Um, last in line. <laughs> last in line, right, this thing. Um, so when it came time to finally do a new solo album of, of new original music, um, you know, for me to put my name on it, it it's, it's got to be something a little bit special. And I, you know, I really wanted to do something that, you know, I could listen to 20 or 30 years from now and really feel proud of it. And not only that, but that it marks a period in time that that um, this is what I'm doing musically in, in 2016. This is the way I play. These are the kind of sounds I use, um, you know. This is the way I interact with with the other musicians, um, that, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I, I I make I make albums for myself first, and you know, for people that uh, like what I do and like what I'm about, and then after that, uh, you know, the commerce and all that kind of stuff. That's 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 been tough, you know, the last few years, especially. But um, that's not why I do it. So, you know, if I can sell, uh, you know, 20, 20 or 30,000 copies, that'd be great. Uh, if I sell two or 3,000 copies, that's also great. You know, I'm not doing it for the money and not doing it for the, uh, certainly not doing it for the fame and fortune. <laughs> <laughs> we don't play hits. If progressive music is your thing, Radio Progzilla is your station. Progressive music from your progressive rock station. Progzilla. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I thought here might be a nice place to play another track. This is the title track from Surreal, and it features Eric's wife, Lana Lane, on vocals.
Shadows of another life fall across the way, winding down the old road not taken. Misty faded memories drift across the bay, sailing into futures long forsaken.
Again, that was the title track from the new Eric Norlander album, Surreal. Now back for some more of the interview. I forget, I had something else I was going to talk about in relation to the album. Oh, okay. Basically, most of it is instrumental, and you have your wife on the one track. Um, intentional? I mean, did, did it just kind of pan out that way, that most of it ended up being instrumental, or you, did you set out to more or less make a more or less an instrumental album? And, you know, I don't know. I, do you, do you see where I'm coming from? I see where you're coming from. You you wonder how something like that happens. How, how do you have an all-instrumental album except for one song? Yeah, I mean, uh, not that it's so weird, but I mean, I'm just curious about how did it pan out that way. Well, you know, I I don't really sit down to write songs for specific uh, projects. I just write songs. 
and I, you know, keep demos and uh, will try to revise them, improve them over time. Sometimes a song will sit around for, you know, five or six years. Um, in fact, the song The Galaxy Collectors on this album, um, I actually wrote that in 2006, right after the Rocket Scientist Revolution Road album. And I've kind of been sitting on it for uh, a long time, just kind of waiting for the right project um, to release it with. And I, I talked uh, actually about releasing it with Rocket Scientists, but we already had so much other music that the three of us had collaborated on. It kind of didn't seem right for that. So that song was really the catalyst for this album. And... Um, so when I was putting together the album, I kind of looked for other material I had that uh, was kind of in the same style. And I had this one song called Surreal, which was um, a vocal song. But, you know, it's a, what is it, 10 minutes and change, I guess. And yeah. only a couple minutes of that are vocal. Uh, the rest of it is, you know, yeah. kind of the same sprawling instrumental stuff that we do on the rest of the album. And I thought, you know, why not? Why not have a vocal track on here? And, um, you know, we we had done songs kind of like this uh, before. There's a song called In Exile on Lana's uh, El Dorado Hotel album. Yeah, I, I really played that. I played that on the show that I did when we talked last time. That's right. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And then on uh, the Rocket Scientist album um, on Refuel, there's a song called The Lost Years. And that's also kind of a similar kind of track to um, Surreal. And so um, I thought, why not? You know, let's, let's put it on and it'd be great to have, uh, to have Lana on the record, too. Um, on, the, on the Galactic Collective album, she did some, just some pads, like some oohs and ahs. Um, so it was kind of cool to step up her involvement a little bit. And um, as you probably know, I, I've done... Uh, several quote solo shows meaning with my solo band where Lana has joined me um, like my live in St. Petersburg album for example uh, of course the live in Gettysburg mm -hmm. um, and yeah I mean tons of other shows so um, we've done this a lot in the past where I do basically my um, you know instrumental set but live you know we'll have Lana come out and do you know, three or four songs um, with vocals. And so uh, I guess Surreal, the title track, is sort of an, uh, a nod to that and uh, kind of a way to highlight, you know, that part of what I do. But Steve, I'm, a lot of your stuff, you know, it, it also seems like you could have had more vocals on it if you wanted because a lot of the songs do have very distinct melodies where... You know, I mean, do you th do you ever think in those terms? Like, you know, even though you started playing something on a keyboard, you end up saying, "Well, you know, why don't we make this into a vocal track instead?" And you know, we'll we'll have someone sing and we'll, we'll come up with lyrics that'll fit this melody that you were originally playing on the keyboard. Because I mean, a lot of your music, it, even if it is instrumental, it's, it it has a lot of melody in it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I actually work really hard to make that the case because. Um, music without melody gets really old really fast. Well, you, you know what I'm trying to say, right? I mean, there's, it just seems like it would be very easily adapted to be vocal. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. 
I do. Um, I don't quite know how to answer that. Um, I think, I, I guess when I'm writing something, I kind of approach it as sections, as vocal or instrumental, um, kind of right from the start. I don't know if I can think of an example of where I changed it from vocal to instrumental or instrumental to vocal. Um, it's possible I've done that, but I, I can't, I can't think of one, but, um, now one thing I, I have done, uh, on this album and on previous albums is I'll do like, um, uh, a medley or a finale at the end of the album where I'll just reprise themes, um, from the whole album. Mm-hmm. There, what I'll do is I'll take the vocal melodies and then play them on a synth or, you know, with a guitar or, um, something like that. So in that sense, you have both. You've got obviously the vocal version and then um, at the end of the album, you have kind of the instrumental finale that, you know, reprises all the themes. Mm-hmm. So on this album, it's the same thing. The the, the last track, El Grand Finale, um, I'm reprising, you know, all the melodies right. from the whole album. So I love doing that. That's uh, When I was growing up, I always loved it on albums when artists would do that. Um, and so... Now that I have a chance to do it, I'm doing it. Like quadrophenia, you know. Exactly. Overtures, that kind of thing. Yep. So you talked about, you know, touring down in Mexico. Is is there like a scene down there? Is it is it a There's big a, There is a scene down there and I've I've made a lot of really great friends there and uh we play uh the State Theater in Mexicali. Uh, every year, which is actually a pretty big place. It's where they have the Baja Prague Festival. Um, and I, I actually did the Baja Prague Festival with Rocket Scientists in 2008. Um, and so it was kind of cool to go back there as a solo artist and, and you know, basically just headline my own show there. Uh, but we've done that now for uh, that theater, I think, three years in a row. Uh, then we play in Ensenada and Tijuana also, and always really nice venues, uh, theater shows. In fact, uh, last year, the Ensenada show was outside, uh, kind of near the beach. They put up a beautiful stage with, you know, nice lighting rig and um, all that. So, um, yeah, they're really good shows down there, and, and there's there's definitely a scene there. Cool. cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Mexican prog scene. Mexican prog scene. Because I do, I see like, uh, you know, on my podcast, I can see like where the geolocations of the, and it's primarily the United States and England and, you know, what you would figure Australia, you know, and Mexico isn't usually very well represented in there. I don't know. That's, (laughs) you know, that's just my show, whatever. So, um, but yeah, if you say there's a prog scene, I I think that's pretty interesting. There is, and. You know, there's there's prog scenes in a lot of places you wouldn't expect, like uh, Russia, for example, has a great prog scene. Um, and I, you know, stay in touch with a lot of uh, Russian friends, both from, you know, when we played there about 10 years ago, and just people, you know, that I've kind of met online that, that have my albums and all that. So, yeah, there's... Uh, it happens all over the world, and uh, I, I've been lucky enough to play in a lot of those places. There's still places I, I haven't played yet. 
Um, I'd love to go to Argentina. I've never played there. I've played in Brazil, um, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, I'd like to do a lot more stuff down in South America. So, uh, who knows? We'll see. And of course, uh, Eastern Europe is kind of unexplored by me. I've, I've played in Russia, but, uh, that's really about it. So I'd love to, you know, check out, uh, you know, Czech Republic and Poland, Poland, and yeah, you know, Romania and they Belarus. To, Poland seems to have some of a scene. You know, they, there's a few pretty good bands out of Poland. But I was there are, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Ben Craven from Australia though, and he said there's really not much of a scene down there. It's uh, pretty tough going for someone who's in, you know, more or less Prague. So it's more, a lot more of a, just like, uh, you know, bar type pub, pub rock kind of thing, you know. So yeah, I guess there's uh, little hot beds, but little places that are not so hot, I guess. <laughs> Howdy, my name's Morgan, and I've been a fan of progressive rock music since, well, since I was doing the old Easy Reader bits on the Electric Company. Why well, I remember the first King Crimson and Gentle Giant albums like they were yesterday. But I digress. But if you're a fan of progressive rock music, you're not going to want to miss a single episode of Prog Watch. It's phantasmagorical. Tell them Morgan sent you. And here I'm going to play one more from the new Eric Norlander album. This is the closer called El Grand Final. Final or Final. But anyway, here we go.
Once again, that was the album closer from Surreal called El Grand Final or Final. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now we'll wrap up the interview with Eric. Well, I worked with um, I worked with a really great drummer named Virgil Donati um, uh, a while back. And Virgil is Australian. And he moved uh, to the U.S., so I guess that tells you yeah. uh, what the scene yeah. is like there. Um, but he's an amazing drummer. He's played with, uh, uh, well, he played with Steve Vai for a while. I think he did some shows with UK, uh, with John Wetton and Eddie Jobson. Um, and he's on my, uh, what is he? He's on my Music Machine album. Okay. So, yeah. But something brought him to the U.S., so there you go. Yeah. I was listening to Colin Hay. That was the guy that was in the Men at Work. He he ended up coming to the United States, also, you know. Um, but anyway, um, back to your project here. So, what, what do you got? You, you, let's let's talk about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> I mean, you have so much going on. There, you know, there's no there's no shortage of material here. Um, so, right. you you made a video now for one of the songs. What else? What else is cooking? Well, uh, we, we have the, uh, the video for the Galaxy Collectors that, uh, like I said, I will release here in a few days. Uh, maybe by the time you publish this podcast, it'll already be out. Um, so I encourage everyone to find that either on YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, we put a lot of effort into it, so I hope everyone will enjoy it. Um, we actually shot videos for um, most of the rest of the album, so... Um, I plan to uh, release several more videos uh, to, to help get the word out about this album. And uh, also for people in all the places where I can't play, mm-hmm. can't visit for whatever reason, this will be kind of a way to see us playing live. Because as you've seen, I always put a lot of like performance stuff in my videos. It's generally not, you know, hot chicks walking on the beach. <laughs> You know, we don't really do those kind of videos. The old 80s style videos. Right. Cut yes. to the band playing the chorus, and I'll show a hot chick laying across a car that has nothing to do with the song at all. That's right, yes. Wasn't that every White Snake video, more or less? It was, and in fact, um, Vivian Campbell in Last in Line, I think he's in some of those videos. Is he? So. Yeah, I knew so. I, I knew his name. He was he was around in those days. Yeah, I think he was in White Snake for about five minutes, but uh, but he was definitely there, and I know he's in at least one of those famous uh, videos with the big hair and the girl on the. Do we have Tawny Katane or something like that? I think the redheaded. Yeah. yeah. I think my I think my sister knows her. I'll have to I'll have to ask. Really? But, uh, well, yeah. You know everybody, man. Uh, who knows? Well, you do this long enough, and you just end up meeting everyone. That's so you're going to be like my main link on the six degrees of Tony Rausick. You know, I, I'll be able to link to all these really interesting people through you. <laughs> you know, what's, what's funny about that is you remember about uh, I don't know what 15 years ago or something like that. There was this joke going around 
uh, called Six Degrees of Kevin yeah, Bacon. that's exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, so everyone could be Six Degrees from Kevin Bacon. And the funny part about that is in the mid to late 80s, I forget exactly when it was, I played keyboards on this song uh, by a band whose name I don't remember, but the song was in the movie Tremors with <laughs> Kevin Bacon. And so anyone that knows me is now two degrees from Kevin Bacon because <laughs> I had that song in the Kevin Bacon movie. So um, I don't think you could even hear any keyboards in them. I mean, it was, I think the song was like playing out of the boom box that was like buried in the dirt after the giant like worm monster attack. And so you heard like some snare drum and a little bit of vocal maybe. But um, anyway, if you go down far enough, dynamic range my keyboards are on there so yeah go figure that was uh, that was back in the days before they really figured how much money they could make on soundtracks they just would find some little band you know to do like some incidental music and they really perfected it to an art as far as like you know promoting the music along with the movie a little later they started figuring hey we can put like some big names into the soundtrack and, and, you know, that attracts attention to the movie as well. And they kind of cross fertilize each other. That's right. But, yeah. But yeah. back in the dark days of the eighties, like you said, it was, it was, it was not that really. Right. Although, you know, now you realize that you're only two degrees from Kevin Bacon. So how that's about awesome. That? Yeah. I'm going to have to remember that. Yeah. Next time, like, some 80s trivial pursuit kind of thing comes up and someone mentions the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you can toss that out, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you said you got videos coming up for for more of these songs. Um, right. And what else? Uh, uh, let's. So we're going to do, um, I'm working on some live dates with the band for later this year. Pittsburgh? Uh, uh, maybe, you never know. Um, we did the uh, the three RP festival up there with Rocket Scientists. Uh, what was that about uh, five or six years ago? I guess. Yeah, no, it was more more than that. Maybe seven or eight years ago. Yeah, pushing ten. Yeah. Okay, that was awesome. We really liked that, and Howard Levy did a really nice job with that. And who knows? Maybe we'll get Howard to do something like that again. Um, but that'd be great. It's you know, Pittsburgh's in a beautiful part of the country. You know that kind of wooded western westernish Pennsylvania thing. I really like it there. Yeah, it's okay. It's not a bad place. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, that's for sure. We just won the Stanley Cup too. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty excited by that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, I've been watching them for a long time, you know. I remember yep. when it was only on UHF, if you remember that. Yeah, sure. And I had to put like uh, tin foil on the antennas up in my bedroom to get the game, and it was all snowy, and you couldn't even follow it because it's all—it's hard to follow that little puck as it is if you have a good picture, right. you know. Right. But yeah, even I, when it's definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suffered through a lot of bad years, and it, it's been awesome to see them. It was just uh, really neat how they did it. But anyway, um, you want to talk about like okay. Uh, Let's mention your links and stuff where where people can find product. I mean, I always put them in my show notes for the, but we can talk about it on the air here too. Sure. Um, I actually completely relaunched my website, ericnorlander.com. 
E-R-I-K-N-O-R-L-A-N-D-E-R.com. Um, I updated it to something, you know, that works well on mobile devices and all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's got a really great audio player where I believe you can stream every song from my solo catalog and the last two Rocket Scientist albums as well. Um, it's got a really nice photo gallery, um, both with photos of me, but also of my equipment. So you can see things like the Wall of Doom, modular <laughs> synthesizer, and uh, you know various other uh, cheesecake shots of mini Moogs and Nellotrons and Hammond organs and that kind of thing. So um, I'm really proud of that. So I hope everyone will stop by uh, ericnorlander.com. You yeah, haven't looked at that one in a while. I, you know, I'm, I look more at the tank. You know. Right. Well, the tank is is obviously still there, and we've got our, our store uh, there as well uh, that's selling this album um, and all you know the back catalog too. Um, so I need to update that one next because I need to make that into uh, more of a dynamic site again. So like when you look at it on an iPhone, it's a little easier than having to like you know constantly zoom in on things. Yeah, I had to reconfigure all my my website. You know, all my shows are available on progwatch.com. But they started looking really terrible because we just didn't think it out in the beginning. And then, you know, all these different posts for different shows and they they got out of, you know, they, they were just out of line and just it looked crappy and it didn't look any good on a phone. So I've been reworking all of that. That's, that's a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work. And, you know, getting ready for the launch of this album, I, I really wanted to have... You know, my whole catalog uh, in order. I, I've uh, released my entire solo catalog on Bandcamp. Um, so that's available now. Um, I really like Bandcamp for downloads because they let you choose the format. So if you want if you want AAC for your iPhone or you want MP3 uh, or you want FLAC, you know, like the, the lossless, right. um, you know, CD quality stuff, you can you can pick that. Um, and I'm also going to be releasing a, a high-definition uh, version of the album, too, 24-bit, 96K, uh, that I probably will be doing through Bandcamp, although I'm still figuring that out. But uh, I did actually master the album two ways. I, I mastered it uh, for CD and, and MP3 and all that stuff, but I also did this uh, 24-bit, 96K, um, high-definition version. Um, I work with a really awesome mastering engineer named Mayor Applebaum, and Mayor does boy just all kinds of stuff. He did the last Yes album, and um, oh, I forgot what else. But uh, he's just a great guy, and really gets like you know the whole the sound of progressive rock and uh, kind of the way you know the way things are supposed to sound for that genre. Yeah. A lot of times, I, I go into a you know a great mastering studio like you know Capitol Records in Hollywood or Abbey Road in London and you'd bring in a prog album and the mastering engineers kind of didn't get it you know they, they'd make it sound good they would do their mastering job but they kind of didn't get like where, where things are supposed to push and pull and you know with the frequencies and the dynamics and, and all that and you could just tell like when the guys kind of didn't understand the music so with Mayor, it's really great to have someone who totally gets, you know, what's behind the synths and, you know, the drums and the bass and, and just kind of makes everything work. So um, he and I have been talking about doing some high-definition stuff 
for a while now. And so uh, this is the first time I've actually done it. So uh, I'll be announcing you know, some news about that high-definition version, too. I think what I'm going to do is anyone that buys the, uh, the download through Bandcamp, I'll just send them the high-definition version for free. Um, I mean, I'm not doing it to make money. I'm just doing it so there's a great-sounding version of the album out there for people that have you know, a Pono player or one of those high definition, um, sets. So very cool. You have been very busy, you know? Yes, I have. (laughs) Rolling stone gathers no moss, huh? That's right. That's right. So, and I guess we're going to do, um, it looks like we're going to do another, uh, tour with last in line here in the fall. I think, they're planning some dates in Europe, so I've got to get my stuff kind of going and happening before that. So, um, just gonna make it all work. I appreciate I appreciate it so much. You know, you taking the time to talk to me. I am a big fan, and uh, you know, yeah, it's cool. Now I'm two degrees away from Kevin Bacon, man. You know, I mean, that's you had no you had no idea how no. cool this would be. <laughs> no, I didn't. It just keeps getting cooler. <laughs> All right, Tony. Well, we'll stay in touch for sure, and uh, I look forward to the next time. That sounds great. All right, man. Take care. Great talking to you. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. You're listening to the station with the best mix of music. Progzilla, bringing you the best progressive music has to offer. So I hope you enjoyed that. And now, if anyone ever brings up the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you can say you are only three degrees away from Kevin. Eric is only one degree away. I'm friends with him, so I'm two. And you're friends with the Squatch, so you're only three degrees away. Well, our time is almost up, but I have enough for one more short track. So I'll dip back to the last album by the Rocket Scientists, which was called Refuel. And I'll leave you with a song called Regenerate. Remember to prog on, brothers and sisters.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.